a special proclamation. Here is the gentleman recognizable from the lifestyles of the rich and famous Robin Leach. has experienced certain extraordinary circumstances and whereas WrestleMania 4 has been selected as the specific site to determine who will be the undisputed champion by way of an elimination championship tournament I now proclaim that the championship tournament should begin Nothing is going to stop one here for the mega powers from going all the way to the end all the way to the end yeah, I'm gonna take it all. Elizabeth, am I gonna take it all or what? What What about it, Elizabeth? I believe he is. You like Elizabeth? I think she's terrific. I, I, I like that a woman, a woman person behind him. That's what they need, and she's doing a great job, and they make a great team. Welcome to the WrestleMania House Show number four. Thanks a lot, everybody, for joining us. My name is Joey. My name is Chris. Well, Chris, we're here. We, we did it. We made it. Well, yeah, we're halfway there. Yeah. The yeah. hard part's over. Yeah, exactly. Totally. This is the fun part. Yeah. So, going to do, talk about WrestleMania 4, yeah. which, well, uh, it wasn't as bad as we were m- making it up out to be, I don't yeah. think. It was, yeah. it was, there was some not fun, and it was really long, but, you know. Yeah. It's a lot easier to watch it with somebody else. If you're yeah. going to watch it by yourself, yeah. it's if you can't sleep. You're going to need thing. to take breaks. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> But all that being said, it took place on March 27th, 1988, the 25th anniversary of WrestleMania 4. Sure. <laughs> uh, it was in front of 25,165 officially. And one thing I always commented on about the the Trump Plaza shows, 4 and 5, is that it looks like there's a lot more people there. Like, oh, yeah, just the way the arena's laid out. Yeah, the elevated ceiling and... Yeah. It just looks really nice in there. Yeah. You know, that really crazy uh, staircase. I'm surprised people didn't eat it on the stairs a yeah. lot more than they did. Yeah. I don't think anybody really had a problem with it. No, I didn't see, notice anybody. Nothing I could tell. I mean, uh, I think uh, the only one that stumbled a little bit was Robin Leach, so. <laughs> right. But, uh, yeah, let's let's just get started. Let's just talk about the show. Of course, the great Jesse and Gorilla in the booth making it a lot easier of a journey than it deserved to be. Yeah. Uh, they always bail you out when you need it, especially in certain matches like Hercules Ultimate Warrior and right. that kind of stuff. And we start off, was it uh, the kind of the American Trilogy version yeah. that Elvis made famous uh, by Gladys Knight? Yeah, Mean Jean's in the ring and he introduces Gladys Knight with her, her wonderful uh, NASCAR-inspired uh, outfit. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I don't know if I mentioned this yet on the show or not, but I, I I saw like this was like on behind the music, so this is common knowledge. I'm yeah. not being uh, scandalous or anything, but uh, Gladys Knight had a lot of money problems and tax problems yeah. as well, and she was a compulsive gambler. <laughs> so the fact that she's hanging out in Trump Plaza, getting paid during that weekend, yeah. is kind of funny, right? Really, I mean, <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and we have a little bit of a tie-in to Gladys for WrestleMania weekend. We we ate at Gladys Knight's chicken and waffles yep. during uh, 27 weekend. Yes, yeah. they all run together after. So a yeah, she does like. Like you said, the the American trilogy of songs wearing like this black blouse with just all sorts of patches and stuff just covering her like yeah. a NASCAR driver with Le- like Brock Lesnar does now. Yeah, yeah. he's not that bad. <laughs> he's or, he's not. But he's yeah. got his one sponsor, and I mean that's cool. It's, yeah, it yeah. makes him. It still gives that air of I'm a UFC fighter and I have sponsors and junk. So yeah, exactly. 
Uh, I'm sure Glass Nights had a few spars in her day too, but uh, yeah. you know, she I, I couldn't even uh, it didn't do its job though. I couldn't tell one thing that was on her jacket. I could just tell that they were ads. Oh yeah, so, for sure. Yeah, why else? That's not a fashion statement. <laughs> no. That's I need money statement. Yeah, not at all. <laughs> uh, so yeah, and uh, the crowd was kind of they were quiet. Like yeah. she she sang, and then it was like, okay, right. like we're all right, let's very, start, and then then people start coming out for the next match. Probably the, the most match. tepid reaction. I guess she didn't get that smattering of booze you're probably going to hear on the next go-around. Yeah. But, uh, uh, but that being said, that's all in the books there, and yeah. I think she did a great job. Yeah, Aretha Franklin still still, still the champion so far. Yeah. So. Uh, but we go from that, and uh, it's great because you get to see the booth, and they introduce uh, renewed for the second year ever in his career, Bob Uecker. Yes. Mr. Baseball, and he's going to... Uh, not in the booth enough for my money this year, but uh, yeah. he, he did get to commentate on the Battle Royal. Yeah. So he was kind of he well he was in and out at three too because yeah. he had to go chase down Mula. And yeah, he did two. He did not. like two matches there, yeah. and then, so uh, this year he was chasing down Vanna White. <laughs> yeah, he was inconsistent with his joke though because yeah. he confused it yeah. with Vance White later yeah. on. But then like when he ran into Vanna finally, yeah. it's obvious he knew who she was. Yeah, so. he he didn't really think that through. I yeah. don't think, but yeah, exactly. whatever. Yeah, it's Bob Uecker. But we do start off with uh, Battle Royal, something that I think is a lost art form in WrestleMania tradition and history. Yeah. Because, you know, they do that one every year, supposedly, still to this day, or for the most part. I, they didn't do it this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Actually, they didn't do it last year, but they have been doing it pretty much almost consistently for about seven, eight years in a row, up until the last couple. Yeah. But uh, for me, I think, I want this every year, Chris. I want a battle royal... For Every people that year aren't on WrestleMania. The show. Yeah, for people that aren't on the show, that aren't booked in the obvious matches and the, the solid card and everything. Because to me, I want that because it provides a snapshot of the roster that year. And yeah. I, I think for prosperity reasons think, and history, I think it'd be cool to have everybody. Historically, yeah, but at the same time, the Royal Rumble is usually like two months and change prior to it. So it's, you know, I mean, it's different, but it's still the same kind of match, sort yeah. of. So you You do have a point, but. I still want my over-the-top rope battle royal with everybody starting off right. at, at WrestleMania, but yeah, I can't have everything, but that's <laughs> all right. Uh, what did you What did you think of the uh, opening battle royal, Chris? It was It was fine, nothing spectacular, but uh, yeah. the ending was was pretty cool. Like the last three guys were yeah. um, the Junkyard Dog, uh, Bret Hart, and uh, Bad News Brown. Yeah, so, that was fun. Yeah, trying to see cool. JYD, uh, you know, kind of build some momentum and try to get them both out at the same time. Yeah. And, doing two-on-one kind of thing. Yeah. But I caught up to him, of course, and, of course, the, the swerve of, oh, well, I guess bad news and Bret Hart are going to share. Yeah, right. They're going to share the prize money and the trophy. Yeah, but it was not to be, because bad news still being relatively new to the company, people weren't hip to his thing, right. where he gets along with nobody. Yeah, yeah. And he proved that to be so. Bad news Brown, winner of one of the only battle royals in WrestleMania history. And yeah, I mean, it was good, and it was cool to see Bad News Brown win it. And it, I just thought it was kind of funny, like, usually when it happens, it ends up being, like, two heels and a baby face at the end of a match, then one of the heels gets thrown out in the other one. But it didn't happen that way this yeah. time. It was because Bret Hart was a heel at the time, and they, him and Brown threw out JYD, so it was two heels at the end. You're like, yeah. oh, all right. Yeah. But then when Bad News turns on, he, like, ghetto blasted uh, Bret Hart, and then, so he ended up winning, and then Bret Hart 
goes babyface, even though he was a heel the whole time, by exactly. just by coming in and being a spoil sport and yeah. breaking his trophy. Exactly. So <laughs> lawn darting it at him at yeah. the end. So throwing it at that cigarette asteroids in the middle of the yeah, uh, that, the yeah, entrance for no reason. So yeah, we got a bonus. You know what I'm talking about yeah. out there. <laughs> we got a bonus match after it. Bret Hart versus a trophy. He, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he kind of struggled with it at the beginning, trying trying yeah. to break it. So this is a nice, well built trophy. Yeah, you could tell it was legit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Funny thing is, you know, uh, recently you and I were talking about like Royal Rumbles that never ended. Yeah. I, I don't think this Battle Royal ever never it never ended. It's still going on because George the Animal Steel was never eliminated. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> stayed the whole time yeah. outside, and there was a whole debate between Gorilla and Jesse about yeah. that. He's like. Jesse's like, I never saw George Animal Steel in the ring at yeah, all. Yeah, he never and got in the ring. The girl's so. like, he was out there for the introduction. I'm like, if you paid attention during the introduction. He was on the floor. He was on the floor. Yeah, yeah exactly. And eventually, if you pay attention, because he'll be there for like half the match, if you pay attention, he, you can eventually see the referees start to like point at him and like get to the back. So they, oh, wow. they kind of kick him out. He doesn't just disappear. Yeah. They, like, you can see him pointing towards the ramp, and then they go to like a close-up, and then the next shot, he's gone. So... I'm so glad you paid attention and actually yeah. watched him this time because I always forget to. He so. just disappears. Yeah. <laughs> On behalf of everybody, thank you, Chris. Yeah, no I, problem. Oh, but yeah, man. I still contend that the match is still it's still ongoing. So Randy Savage has never been eliminated from the Royal Rumble. Right. And yeah, I gotta I gotta call out to Randy Brown. Yes, Kerry Von Erich has never been eliminated from the Royal Rumble. That's <laughs> such poor taste, I think. But yeah. uh, yeah, okay, foot jokes. But. Chris, I, I I kind of almost hate to do this to you, hmm. but before we get into the tournament of WrestleMania four, okay, you know what we got to do, right? Uh oh, <laughs> like a thousand. Where are they now? It's a it's a. I'm gonna go as quick as I can. Yeah, just just highlights brief. Okay, Killer Bees, Chris. Um, afterwards, they went to the UWF, the short-lived UWF, actually won the tag team title, something they failed to do in WWF, and that's why they left in the mm-hmm. first place. But they couldn't use the name The Killer Bee, so they had to use the name Mass Confusion. So they <laughs> won the belts over there. Uh, separately, real quick, Jumpin' Jim Brunzel wrestled at the first ever WCW Slamboree and currently works as a financial planner for Focus Financial in Minneapolis. B. Brian Blair, entirely different kind of journey. He wound up afterwards, after the Bees and Mass Confusion broke up, won the NWA Florida belts with Steve Kern. You might know better as Skinner and WWE mm-hmm. trainer. Yeah. Uh, he became also a county commissioner in his state of Florida in 2004 after losing the previous election, did not get reelected, lost to the first openly gay county commissioner in Florida. Mm-hmm. So that's historic. And after his political career was over, now he manages, currently, from what I can find out, four Gold's Gyms in Tampa Bay, Florida. Huh. Along with, dramatic pause, Steve Kern. Uh-huh. So, actually more of a partner with Kern in life than ever with B. Brian yeah. Blair. Or, sorry, with Jumpin' Jim Brunson. Yeah. We're talking about Blair. Yeah. So That's cool. Yeah, I wonder Good if Sheik it. actually gets, uh, I wonder if he's banned from ever going into any of the uh, Gold's gyms, but that's an inside joke. Uh, dangerous Danny Davis, Chris, of course, everybody's favorite heel referee turned wrestler. Uh, basically, I'll just say in brief, he currently makes his living as a truck driver. Uh, locally based from where he lives with his family and he also still competes as a wrestler and referee in WWA over in the area where he lives George Steele one of the more famous where are they nows of here of course one of the proudest moments in the history of uh, wrestling crossing over he played Tor Johnson in the movie Ed Wood if you haven't seen that you should see it because he constantly got mistaken for Tor Johnson throughout his career so it was a no brainer and, you, and you'd be like, oh, yeah, I remember that. Of course, during the Attitude Era, George Steele came back to the WWE where he made appearances with the Oddities. Yeah. 
Also part of TNA's 2008 Slammiversary, where he made an appearance as Jay Lethal's groomsman, one of many, mm-hmm. in his wedding suppose, that was going to happen right. in SoCal Valley. Yeah, yeah. Uh, his last appearance at WWE was at Old School Raw in 2010. And congratulations mm-hmm. to George Steele. Uh, he's been diagnosed most of his life with Crohn's disease, and he is pretty much out of the woods with that. Nice. So, George Steele, big up. King Harley Race. Harley, after WWE, not hard to find work for the man. He wrestled for Puerto Rico, WCW, NWA, and AWA, beat Wildfire Tommy Rich at Great American Bash 90. Uh, He wrestled Larry Zbysko at the very final AWA television taping, so that's an historic Uh, (laughs) event-ish. As an NWA WCW manager, he managed Lex Luger and Big Van Vader, both to world titles. And a big part of those uh, two guys' careers, for sure. Of course, Harley Race's Wrestling Academy, where he's trained tons of stars that you see on WWE television and yeah. many other places to this day. Uh, one of the rare people that can say they were inducted in both the WCW and WWE Hall of Fame. That was a, a obscure thing that WWE.com brought up recently. Yeah, I just saw that, yeah. So he went into the WCW Hall of Fame in 1994, and then 10 years later into the WWE mm. Hall of Fame. That's so, cool. Of course, Harley Race. No stranger to anybody. Jim Powers won half of the Young Stallions because there's another stallion coming back later. Uh, After the stallions broke up, which I heard they never actually got along in real life, uh, Jim Powers has the distinction of being the first guy to put over Ric Flair in his WWF television debut. Mm. Uh, Afterwards, just kind of, you know, uh, supplemental talent. Joined WCW in 1995 where he was kind of in a weird kind of jobber faction that Teddy Long was managing. <laughs> so that's pretty much it for Jim Powers. He retired in 2010. The great junkyard dog went to WCW in 1990, shortly after he left WWF, of course. Uh, he was a six-man tag team champion with uh, Ricky Morton and Tommy Rich. Hmm. Uh, also, a lot of people don't realize he appeared at ECW Wrestlepalooza 98. Very, and pretty much almost right after that, and this is the sad part of the show, uh, as he was attending his daughter's graduation on June 2nd, 1998, uh, he fell asleep at the wheel and no more junkyard dog, unfortunately. Yeah. So, uh, one of the true losses yeah. in professional wrestling, that's for sure. Right before that, you know, he did leave his mark on the business once again. He actually gets credited for training uh, some local favorites. Yeah. Ronnie Mack uh, and Jazz. Red Dog. Yeah, yeah Red Dog and Jazz. So. I remember that because he, he used to wear the, the chain, like the collar and chain stuff. So Yeah. Yeah. A tribute to the man. I saw I saw him recently, or like last year at a local show. Oh, nice. Yeah. Very cool. And Very jazz. Cool. Awesome, man. Uh, Ken Patera, everybody's favorite Olympic bust in pro wrestling history. Mm. <laughs> After this, he did compete in SummerSlam 88 where he lost handily to Bad News Brown. And his appearances were pretty embarrassing by this point. I remember Gorilla actually saying in the booth that maybe he should consider retirement. Uh-huh. <laughs> How bad is that? Uh, afterwards, he pretty much just went to AWA. Uh, he did win their tag team titles with Olympian Brad Ringens, and they had a team called the Olympians. They defeated Bad Company, who would later become known as uh, Mach 2 of the Orient Express. Mm. But in the AWA, their manager was Diamond Dallas Page. <laughs> so it's actually more interesting about who he beat than yeah. really who he is. But <laughs> if you're a fan of uh, those kind of things that Mark Henry does, like the strongest man competitions, yeah. then Kim Patera is a pretty big deal. So go look him up if you care. <laughs> hey, I'm trying to do this quick, Chris. <laughs> so, um, uh, Outlaw Ron Bass. Yeah. Uh, right after this battle royal, or right during the end of the summer, uh, his biggest feud for sure happened in the summer of '88 that year. 
He jumped Bruce the Barber Beefcake and just a regular old match on Wrestling Challenge or something like that. Bloodied him with his spur, which I it was the, one of the first shows I ever saw, so I still remember it to this day. So Ron Bass has a big, you know, he left a big mark, yeah. uh, literally on Beefcake's head, and then literally, you know, figuratively in my head. Right. So uh, that was a big feud. It paid off at, at the beginning of '89, where Beefcake shaved his head on Saturday Night's main event. Uh, he left the company shortly after that. Did indies for a couple of years. Uh, all, all I was able to find out really was he got his bachelor's degree, but I couldn't find out in what. <laughs> uh, then also, he's apparently one of the more successful Amway salesmen in the history of Tampa, Florida. Okay. Okay. And he wrestled. He did go back to wrestling for uh, one spot. He wrestled at Wrestle Reunion 2005. He actually teamed with Larry Sabisco to defeat the very prominent team of Barry Windham and Mike Rotunda. So yeah. I think I would consider that an upset, wouldn't yeah. you? Yeah. <laughs> all right. Hey, we're they're going away fast, Chris. We only have... Two more people to go. <laughs> All right. Sam Houston, more famously known as the half-brother of Jake the Snake Roberts and full brother of Rock and Robin, mm. uh, left WWF in 1990. I think I only ever saw him beat one guy ever, and that was Barry Horowitz. <laughs> uh, he went to USWA in 1990, went to Global in 92. So basically he wrestled in the Sportatorium for the rest of his career. Yeah. Uh, he was the midnight writer in Global. I do remember that. Something interesting I found out that I didn't know before is that he married Tully Blanchard's valet from NWA, Baby Doll. Hmm. They married in 1986 when he was working for NWA at the time, but they did divorce eight years later. There's a lot of other stuff that I won't go into detail about Sam Houston's life. It's not Billy Jack Haynes bad, no. but it's, you know, it is what it is. No. Last so, Go look him up if you care. <laughs> go look him up if you care. Once again. And, of course, Sika, uh, in my opinion, the scariest of all the Samoans. Yeah. Uh, was the like the second guy eliminated in the Battle Royale? Uh, yeah, he was, after, after Sam, Sam Houston. Houston. <laughs> I kind of went in the descending order there. What do you think of sure. that? Sure. You planned that, didn't you? No. No. You're supposed to say yes. Oh, wait, I mean, yes, yes. Uh, he does have the distinction of being uh, into the WWE Hall of Fame in 2007. Yes. And uh, gets credited with training quite a bit of guys. Uh, people like Umaga, Batista, Rikishi, Billy Kidman, and Canyon. Hmm. Well, so I like Sika. I think he's pretty underrated in history. So Yeah. Okay, Chris. And he is the father of Roman Reigns and Rosie. Yes. Yes, he is. More on Samoans later. Yes. But for right now, let's get into that tournament, Chris. Yes. Goodness. My Where Are They Now is almost took as long as WrestleMania 4 did <laughs> you know. as a whole. No, it's good. It's good information. Nice yeah. nice job. Well, thank you. I'm, <laughs> I'm getting gassed out after the first act here. <laughs> well, uh, all right. Uh, the, so the tournament was set up in four rounds, technically. Yeah, let's just explain why, just really yeah. quick. Okay, go ahead. Uh, there was the main event that took, the main event event <laughs> that took place in February, and it was the big rematch between Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant. In short... Ted DiBiase brought in Dave Hebner's twin brother, Earl, yeah. and switched them out as refs. Because Dave is the one that had been in the WWF as yes. a referee. And Earl had been refereeing for NWA, yeah. which is funny because they obviously got a lot of the, hey, you work both things. Yeah. You get to work for both companies kind of thing. So, and then, uh, you know, shady officialing throughout the match yeah. and... And, uh, you know, Andre hits a half butterfly and goes for the cover on Hogan. Uh, Referee counts the whole three. Meanwhile, Hogan clearly kicks out at two. Yeah. Yeah, Uh, his, his, like, whole 
side of his body is up off the mat. Yeah. Like right at two or before, and so he. But the ref still counts even though he's right there. There's no question that it was. Yeah, the Hogan kicked yeah. out. Uh, me being a kid, well, and, I was and, livid. Yeah, and know? no question that the referee saw it because he was right there. You're so, right in position, so not even a, on the yeah. other side of it. Yeah, <laughs> so they made it plainly obvious that this was, this was yeah. shady dealings going on. Yeah. Meanwhile, post-match interview in the ring, Mean Gene's talking to Andre, and Andre actually does call it the tag belt, which is pretty funny. Uh, but he relinquishes the title to Ted DiBiase, who has paid him off in advance to do that. So Jack Tunney, the quote-unquote president of the World Wrestling Federation holds up the title because he said the minute that Andre surrendered the title the title was vacated. Ted DiBiase was never an official yeah. WWF champion which, even though they strapped yeah. it around his waist. Which makes sense. I mean if the ref, the, the champ can't give the title to someone else. Yeah. It, if you give it up yeah. you gave it up. It's vacant. So, so it set a precedent. Yeah. And we have the 60 man tournament. So Chris back to you. Uh, so yeah it's set up into four rounds. The um Actually, there's a buy automatically between um, Hogan and Andre. Both get a buy in the first round, so they start. They have their uh, first match against each other in round two. Yeah. So and they're facing the winner of the first match in the first round. Yes, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, basically, yeah, single elimination tournament, and we'll just go down because they just starts off with the first round match. Uh, Hacksaw Jim Duggan versus Ted DiBiase. So yes. that's the first tournament match on the show. Yes. Two two guys with no music. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there was a lot of no music going on. Yeah. That's, we're still in that era, yeah, sort of. I guess so. That's weird. Especially they have a long way to walk, so it's more noticeable. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, all right, get to the ring. Yeah. But, uh, of course, you know, the, even the announcers said this up, like, right after the bell rung, but this is a classic confrontation of, style get-up contrast. Yeah. <laughs> it was a really good match, too. I mean, yeah. Yeah, um, it worked exactly yeah. for what they wanted to do with it. I think DiBiase's re- win or lose, he's the star of the show, of WrestleMania 4, in my opinion. So uh, he had the best matches, I think. He really for, did, Consistently, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and of course, you're, 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 a lot of you probably know, but we'll kind of, you know, suspend it till yeah. the end of the show. But, uh, yeah, the best worker of of the tournament, uh but yeah, he's just—he was always great in the ring. You can put him in there with anybody. Yeah, and he proved that really in yeah. four, especially because yeah. you know we love hacksaw. But uh... <laughs> yeah, as Jesse says, he don't know a hold from nothing. <laughs> 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 so, uh, but yeah, he—what did he do? He did—he did some kind of wrestling move. He did a sunset like, flip. Sunset flip. Yeah, <laughs> pop Jesse. And everybody, it. like everybody, was like, "What? What just happened?" It looked like DiBiase was even like, "What did? Huh?" Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, it it was a good match, and, uh, of course, DiBiase was out there with Virgil and Andre, and Andre did play a part in it. He tripped uh, Duggan at one point. Yeah, he went to do the three-point stance clothesline, a big finish, and, uh, it was not to be. Yeah. So, and, and by the way, Gorilla is wrong. Andre did not deck Hacksaw. See, I I watched it, because we ran it back, and I watched it, it kind of looked like he goes for it, but I don't think he connects because the referee was right there looking at him. Right. So if he did, unless the referee just couldn't do it, because... He couldn't disqualify DiBiase, but it right. kind of looks like from that backside, it kind of looks like he goes for it, but you ah. can't really tell. Huh. So yeah. he could, he might have, but I don't, I don't, th- I think you're right. I don't think he did. Yeah. So it's really the cameraman's fault. Yeah. <laughs> or the director's fault. Uh, yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, and <laughs> kind of an ongoing joke with us is the referee in this match is this very disheveled looking guy. We call him Too Much Coffee Man because yeah. uh, he just looks like he's just. He hadn't slept in a week. Yeah, he hasn't yeah, slept really in a week, angry. and he's just running on 
coffee, basically, because he looks jittery. He's yelling all the time. He looks yeah. really angry. His like, hair's all fucked yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's kind of bawling, and it's in his face, and he looks like he's sweating. And he, yeah, it looks like he hasn't showered. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, and that guy just makes us laugh, because you can hear him yell at the, the wrestlers, like, all the time. He looks so yeah. mad. Grill even said at one point, like, yeah. <laughs> referee's telling him to back off. Yeah. I can hear him from here. Yeah. <laughs> So, but yeah, it ends up, DiBiase does get the victory over, over uh, Hacksaw. Yeah, so, DiBiase, moving on to the second round, it's looking good for him so far. Yes. What will he do if he has to face either Hogan or Andre? I don't know. But before that, um, first uh, interview of the night, I guess, yeah, um, Brutus the Barber Beefcake uh, with uh, Mean Gene. <laughs> Some, Gene, um, he's admiring Brutus's pants. Yeah, because but he the so the camera the overall presentation of, of Beefcake as far as yeah. his, his physical attributes true, versus true. his okay his his attire and his attire yes because the camera is like kind of like waist level and Gene is looking down points towards Below his, his lower legs. body yeah. and he <laughs> he says something along the lines of uh, that's a great package <laughs> <laughs> we just cracked up. Yes. <laughs> So yes, uh, Gene was admiring Brutus's package in that segment, and uh, yeah, he just kind of a basic uh, Brutus promo. He's got the shears, and he's like with the crazy eyes. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, and the but that match isn't up next. The next match is the second match in the first round. Dino Bravo um, versus yeah with Frenchie Martin. Yeah, Frenchie Martin versus Don Morocco with Superstar Billy Graham. Yes, yes, absolutely. Weird babyface Don Morocco in tie dye and. Yeah, that was all because of Superstar. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, you know, it's one of those things, I, I think I've, I've probably said this on the last couple of Mania specials already, but, you know, the Morocco stuff, you know, he's he's not, he's never been that bad. And, yeah. and you know, it seems, it's one of those ones that doesn't seem like a good idea to watch any of his matches, and then you yeah. watch him, and usually you're going to be fine, you yeah. know. Yeah, and Bravo was so underrated. I, I've always, even when I was a kid, I didn't really like Dino Bravo, but... I respected him in, in a weird way. I always yeah. enjoyed watching his matches. I don't. I didn't know why then, but yeah. yeah I mean, he was he was good. Yeah, he did, he was solid. He didn't pull any punches or moves. He yeah. was just he was very crisp in that ring. Yeah. So I don't know if that's a a test to his his home country or, or what. But you know, he was but, a cut above. Yeah, he's always he's always very solid. And um, the only thing in that, like Don Morocco, does this weird thing where he he goes for like the Vader Arn Anderson splash. Yeah, but that's the best way I can describe. Yeah, it. but Bravo instead of being um like at a right angle to yeah. the corner, he's like pointing straight out of it, so his head is facing the corner while he's yeah. laying down. But, like Morocco didn't remember. And Morocco where he like was. forgets or just doesn't pay attention until he's in midair <laughs> uh, trying to do the the uh like the splash from from out of the corner. Yeah. And so it looks like he tries to turn it into something else. Yeah. Like maybe an elbow drop or something. Yeah, he definitely does. <laughs> Watching him try to adjust to midair yeah. as big as he is yeah. is just it's it's a train wreck. But he ends up just not hitting him at all and just like landing on the mat and then trying to cover him. Yeah. <laughs> so it's really weird. Yeah. Yeah, that was the worst spot of the show. Yeah, uh, but other than that, I mean, that's not to say. I mean, the match was the yeah. match was decent. It's it's a good big man power man match. Yeah, and I like the fact that they're also the announcers keep putting it in your head, so you don't even realize it while you're watching it, really. But it's 15 minute time limits in yeah. the first round, yeah. so they're just going for broke. Yeah, there is no which they, is they the way you not need do to do it. Yeah. yeah, that's what everybody should have been doing in that first and round. They yeah. did nothing half assed in that you, match. Well, and you need to make these matches in the first round short. Because yeah. you're, if you win, if you keep going, 
theoretically you could be wrestling four times in one night, so you want to yeah. keep it as short as possible. Yeah, exactly. So they knew what to do in there. Yeah. And so they were doing it. Um, Dino Bravo ends up, uh, Morocco's running towards him, and he, Bravo ends up pulling the referee into the way of Don Morocco, therefore getting himself disqualified. Yeah, so. nails him with a flying forearm. Yeah. And, uh, like, the, 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 uh, I always like to say when you go heel, you, like, lose some brain powers for some reason yeah. half the time. Yeah. So the referee taps him on the shoulder three times. Bravo he's thinks like he's, he's won, won it. Yeah. <laughs> like, no. Nope. Does that make any kind of sense? No. <laughs> um, and so that would be the first DQ of yeah, many. There's, there's a few on this show. Come, so yes. Uh, yeah. But yeah, decent match. So we cut back after that. We go to Bob Uecker, who is talking about Vanna White, as he's going to do throughout the entirety of the night. And he's back there to interview the Honky Tonk Man, because he is the current Intercontinental Champion. Yes. And... you was a crazy-ass interviewer. Yeah. <laughs> he's not really an interviewer. He's, he's like, really rude to... <laughs> even more so than Gene. He's than like, at WrestleMania 1. Yeah. yeah. He's just like... <laughs> Talking bad about him and like, eh, I don't like you guys. And yeah. so he's not really interviewing as much as just standing yeah. there with a microphone. Oh, trust me, he's not nearly as bad as Regis at seven. <laughs> yeah. We will be re- reminded of that soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, but yeah, I just I I do like that you guys are never coming over to my house. Yeah, it's a great delivery. <laughs> yeah, and Honky does the backstroke as he yeah. walks off camera. Yeah, and then I have to say. That's not the only time you're going to yeah, see we'll that see, on the show. For, for some random reason, we're going to see that twice in one night, too. Yeah, stay tuned. Yeah. But the next match is first-round match between uh, Greg the Hammer Valentine with Jimmy Hart versus uh, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat with a very young Richie Steamboat. Yes, yeah, absolutely. And, like and the same Steamboat. matching gi and everything. Yeah. And uh, wife's out there to take the babies. And, yeah, so like I said, if he makes mania at some point in his life, in his yeah. career, which he's in NXT at this uh, at the time of this recording, yeah. if he makes it to WrestleMania, people will probably try to tell him, you're making your WrestleMania debut, and he'll be like, no, no, I'm not. Yeah. Uh, this is my second, yeah. sir. <laughs> because he was in the ring. Yeah, he actually I got in the, the ring. Yeah. He's out of count yeah. a little bit. <laughs> so um, on camera is enough for me. Yeah, so. exactly. And uh, I just like at the beginning of this match, they're talking about like strategy and everything and uh, talking about Steamboat. He's really quick and how Valentine, if it goes longer, like Valentine is going to, is probably going to go in his favor the longer the match goes. Yeah, but and, it can't because it always says it takes him 15 minutes to yeah. get warmed up. Yeah. But <laughs> the best thing is uh, they're talking about the strategies and Jesse's strategy for Valentine is I definitely think he should cheat. <laughs> yeah. <So thank>, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I, I do remember that. That's one of the best calls of the night, yeah, amongst yeah. many. Yeah. So, and of course, I mean, it's Steamboat, so of course it was a great match. Uh, yeah, and Valentine, don't sell Valentine short. Well, yeah, always yeah, yeah. a solid worker. Yeah, yeah. And it's just it's that's a massive contrast as well. I yeah. mean, you got the very grounded and methodical Greg Valentine against a very explosively, sure. uh, you know, high offense, high yeah. octane yeah, Ricky yeah, yeah. the Dragon Steamboat, and. Uh, it was what the big surprise for me was that there was that weird uh, roll up that he blew on the the one thing which you wouldn't expect to see from either of those guys so yeah, they were well, just going really fast though yeah so. and i mean cuz steamboat had sent valentine into the ropes and he came off of him and just fell down steamboat looked he was going for like a schoolboy roll up yeah, yeah. but valentine fell to the mat before he did so he just pinned him it's not that i mean i don't it's not i wouldn't big, consider it's not that a big a, deal actually yeah. Uh, to me, I'm actually going to compliment them because I don't think I've ever seen either guy make any mistake like that, yeah. like ever. That's like the only time. See, that's one it's of those shame things it had to happen on a big show like that. Yeah, that's one of those things. I don't really see that as much of 
I guess a miscommunication, but I don't really see it as a mistake. You know, yeah, it's yeah. not it's not a like botch spot, which no. I hate that term. No, but, but uh, it's uh, you know, it's just it's just weird because it's them. Yeah, you know. So anyway, and um, some good chops throughout the match. Oh, of course, yeah. when they get into that knife edge yeah. chop fest, Steepo oh. lets one lose is just. You can oh. like, hear it throughout the arena. Like, yeah, it was like a shotgun going yeah. off. I, I love that stuff, man. We got the uh, external occipital protuberance call by uh, Gorilla. Yes. When, uh, I think it was Steamboat that actually hit yeah. the back of his head. It was that great spot where yeah, you grab by the, the ankles corner. when they're holding onto the corner. Kind of the he, bomb kind of thing. That was the most perfect execution of that move I've ever seen to yeah. this day still. Yeah. So I've never really liked that move because it takes the guy taking it he has to hold on to the ropes in order for that move to work. Yeah. So I've never really liked it, but they did it well. Exactly, so. yeah. I I hate moves where the guy taking it has to help the guy out. It, it's <laughs> obvious that he's doing it. Like the, uh, anytime someone, like Chris Jericho used to do like the power bomb and then pick him back up to do the power bomb again. They have to hold they, on to uh, the You have arm. to hold on to him and like yeah. curl up in order to take that. And someone yeah. else did that recently and I didn't like it then either. Anyway, sorry, I'm going off on a rant. No, that's okay. I do remember the first time I ever watched the show when I was a kid, and I was just crestfallen because, my my goodness, Steamboat just lost. Yeah. Like, he's out of the tournament in the first round. Yeah. Do they not remember that he, like, ran away with the show last year? Yeah, right. And, he, you know, it's like this, anything, you know, backstage stuff was not occurring to me at this point. Yeah. So, you know, that, you know, all the interviews now in history will tell you that, well, Steamboat told Vince that he wanted to go spend time with his family. He's like, yeah. okay, I'll let you. <laughs> yeah. So that's basically how that all worked out. Yeah. And it was good. I mean, they said that Valentine had the tights, because what ended up happening is Steamboat went for a crossbody off the top rope, if I remember correctly, and um, Valentine rolled through and reversed into a pin. Yeah. He, they, they said that he had the tights, but I didn't see him hold tights. I didn't see the tights yeah. either. He, yeah. I mean, he had him like a deep roll up, but he, yeah. I didn't see any tights. He might have like slipped out of it like while he was going to hook the leg, but he yeah. was definitely hooking that leg. Yeah. So I defend Valentine and <laughs> right. his victory. So, as, as weird as that sounds, I never, you know, the kid of me would would never believe that. Now, right. I'm, I'm 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 on his side. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah. All right. So after that, we go back to the back where the British Bulldogs with Matilda and Coco Beware talking about their match coming up. They have a six man later on in the show. Yes. So uh, against. Uh, uh, the weasel, because they call Matilda their weasel dog now. Yes. We were mentioning on, I, I guess it was at three, how Matilda like went after Jimmy Hart, just like beeline. So yeah. they trained her to uh, go after Heenan the same way. Exactly. So, um, and yeah, it's good. And then the next matchup will be first round match of Butch Reed with Slick, the natural Butch Reed with Slick, versus the Macho Man Randy Savage with Miss Elizabeth. Yeah. You know what uh, Butch Reed's nickname was back in the Mid-South and NWA days? I don't Hacksaw. Oh, really? He was Hacksaw Butch Reed. Yeah. How is Hacksaw like a, a nickname that gets passed around? I actually think it's a football thing. I still don't know where it comes from. Really? But I know both Duggan and Reed played football. I don't, and uh, I don't know. I guess because they can like cut through the line or something? Maybe. maybe. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, something to look that into. Sense, yeah. but, uh, I don't really care that much yeah, to look into it. Natural honestly. Butch Reed. Is it as really as natural hair color even? Uh, I really don't think so, no. Okay. Well, <laughs> there you go. Um, <laughs> it, was, it, was a, it was an okay match. Yeah, yeah, nothing wrong with it. I mean, it's Macho Man. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that always helps. Yeah. So, yeah, you got a... And I, I do, I did a great back and forth. This is one of those things where Jesse and Gorilla really had a great 
back and forth with each other during this match. Right at the top of the match, uh, you know, Jesse's like, you know, well, you're talking managers, I'm giving the edge to Butchery because he's got Slick and Macho Man's got Elizabeth. You wouldn't want her back to back with you in an alleyway. And the great part about it was the rare times where Jesse got to eat his words. And it rarely happened, but, uh, you know, Butchery's got the match pretty well at hand towards the end. But then he goes and makes that big mistake. He goes to the top row, but he takes his sweet time. Yeah, he takes forever. Because he's jaw-jacking with Elizabeth. Yeah. And even while he's climbing, he's still talking to yeah. her. And I love that because Macho Man gets a, a body slam off of the top, Ric Flair style, and then he gets the flying elbow and wins. Yeah. And Jesse's like, I just realized why Elizabeth is out there. This yeah. <laughs> is like, he distracted him, maybe showed him a little leg. Right. But uh, it allowed Macho Man to win the match. Yeah. I just love that he was, like, just that aha about it. Yeah. <laughs> and I like the fact that he gives her credit when she didn't do anything. Yeah, she just stood there. Stood there. <laughs> she always did. Yeah. No disrespect, but yeah. that was just her thing. Well, she doesn't need to do anything. I mean, yeah. she's a distraction just because of who she is. And, you know. Yeah. All right, so as the flying elbow hit and the one, two, three, so ends Butch Reed's WrestleMania career, Chris. I think it's about time for another Where Are They Now? So, uh, here's a fun fact about Butch Reed, and this isn't this is actually pre WrestleMania, but in the same year, three months earlier, Butch Reed uh became the the guy that has the distinction of being the first man eliminated at the Royal Rumble hmm. ever. <laughs> so there's that. Right. Uh and uh, he became Hacksaw once again about a year later, went back to NWA and formed uh, one of my favorite tag teams of all time, Doom, with Ron hmm. Simmons. First, they were in masks, but then the smart fans knew it was them anyway. They finally unmask, become more successful, win the tag team titles. And this needs to be said for sure. When Doom won the tag team titles in 1990 at Capital Combat, they beat the Steiner brothers to do it. That didn't happen. People did not beat the Steiners. So they didn't lose, and Doom beat them. So I thought that was a pretty big deal. Uh, And they actually held the belts for uh, a good portion of the year. Uh, they had a, what I call, legendary feud with the last great run of the Four Horsemen and uh, Wyndham and Anderson in 1990. That was great stuff. Uh, Butch Reed, he left pretty much after that, uh, came back in 1992 to the company, and, uh, you know, he was in a Cactus Jack's heel faction to try to take the belt off Ron Simmons, which made sense because if anybody knows Ron, right. Butch Reed does. Uh, after that, he kind of went back and forth, uh, wound up in the U- USWA, actually uh, got into a feud with the Junkyard Dog, which he had feuded with back in the 80s in Mid-South. Hmm. Uh, won the belt there, lost it in a week, but uh, he was I found out he was the second-to-last Global Wrestling Federation champion. Right. Uh, Butchery did retire in 02, and uh, I think he did one more spot a few years later, but uh, the last time I really saw him make a major appearance was he cameoed on an episode of SmackDown in 2007, because he was one of, he was like the co-best man for Teddy Long's wedding. Oh. And his best men were Ron Simmons and Butch Reed. Huh. Full Doom reunion with cool. their manager. Nice. And uh, I marked for that. I was like, oh my god, this yeah. is great. <laughs> and uh, so there you go. That was my last great moment with Butch Reed. So yeah, there you go. There's a little bit on Butch Reed. I have no idea what he's up what he's to now. That? that was the last time I, I've heard yeah. of him, and that's all I can find on him. Uh-huh. That's cool. Um, so after that, then Bob Euchre is in the back. Now he's talking with Heenan and the Islanders of Haku and Tama. Yes. So, yeah. And of course, he's they 
they're yelling at, like, Heenan does most of the talking. So. Yeah. After he, he insults the great Bobby the Brain yeah. Heenan. Yeah. Quite a bit, actually. Yeah, he does. So, <laughs> I, did, I did like the fact that he was, uh, I said some of the effect that Euchre had uh, uh, gotten a lot of ballots as a write-in for the Hall of Fame in baseball, but he didn't quite get in because he ran out of stamps. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Heenan always is thinking on his feet. Uh, yeah. Good stuff going on. Uh, and the next first round match was the one man gang with Slick, also known as between us as OMG from this point on. Yes, so. the original OMG. Yes. <laughs> That's um, for sure. Versus Bam Bam Bigelow with Sir Oliver Humperdink yeah. as his manager. So. And uh, the, you put all four of those people in the ring. There's a whole lot of ugly in there. Yeah, there was the, a lot of ugly going on. Not aesthetically and pleasing at all. The match was not pretty either. No, it, itself, it really so. wasn't. Like, yeah. the, the highlights of the matches were the two cartwheels that Bam Bam pulled. <laughs> Actually, the spill. The the, the, yeah. the, the the drop to the floor was amazing. Yeah, because Slick pulls the top rope as Bam Bam's running towards it, and Bam Bam completely up Cartwheels again. Yeah, he cartwheels <laughs> out of the ring, basically. He's completely upside down, yeah. like halfway out of the ring, and then flips over again. Yeah. So, I mean, Bam Bam, he looked good. He was quick on his feet. I mean, it's not as slow as you thought you would think the match would be with two guys that huge. Yeah. But it was just short and... One man gang isn't really all that good yeah. in this match. Yeah, not in this match. He, he, and, was, uh, he was he was pretty good at what he did uh, yeah. for quite a few years, and even as a team. Yeah. But uh, this this match isn't a highlight for either guy. No. So. And it ends with a count out because in a weird way too, because Bam Bam after that spill to the floor, I think it's too much coffee guy. It, it was too much coffee yeah. guy, and the fix was definitely in. Yeah, because uh, he's counting the ten really, really loudly. And really and, fast. And kind of fast, yeah. Consistent, but fast. Uh. And as, but Bam Bam gets up onto the apron, and of course, I mean, you can still keep counting, because he's technically not in the ring. But as he gets to ten, Bam Bam's already, like, climbing, he's already, yeah. like, he's got through a foot the ropes. In the door, yeah. yeah, his foot is, ar- one foot is already in the ring. Yeah, and so and the bell he doesn't even call for the bell until after Bam Bam's all the way into the ring. So it was just a weird ending. So that kind of hurt the match too. Yeah, do not like that match at all. No, <laughs> and I I was and still am Bam Bam fan. Yeah, no, Bam Bam's it's, great. It's just bad. I'm the greatest big man. Yeah. All right, so uh, we have this is our third to last. Where are they now for the evening, Chris? And we're gonna have to do it on Sir Oliver Humperdinck. That <laughs> that fashion plate that he is. <laughs> wow. Okay. So, uh, not much to say, really. I, I do know that he wound up going to the NWA shortly after that and also has the distinction of managing a lot of people that you might be familiar with, such as Fatu and Samu, the Samoan SWAT team, along with the Tonga Kid. And also, he reunited with Bam Bam for a short time in the NWA. Uh, the only other thing I remember him doing on camera, the last two things, is that he wound up being the manager for version two of the Fabulous Freebirds, Michael Hayes and Jimmy Jam Garvin. But this is more towards like the beginning of 1991, and he was like their their manager, you know, because they were a rock and roll band. Sure. And he was called Big Daddy Dink. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So he didn't really do anything, and it didn't. He did nothing to help like the Freebirds. Matter of yeah. fact, they probably fell off a lot yeah. more because of it. So yeah. Uh, but I, I mentioned this, I teased you with this earlier, Chris, when we were watching WrestleMania 4, is that Sir Oliver Humperdinck, a lot of people don't know this, but he actually had a hand in some way of a major WWE title change. Hmm. He was part of that photographer pit at King of the Ring, I want to say 1993, that sounds right, 
the one where Hulk Hogan actually lost to Yokozuna, the guy that threw the flash pot fireball was actually played by Sir Oliver Humperdinck. Uh. So, to me, that's his shining hour. I sure. mean, uh, the fact that he did that, um, I'd shake your hand for that. Yeah. So, if this is, you know, if we're, we're kayfabing, but, uh, you know, yay! Sure. A clean Hogan loss. Yeah. As clean as it gets, uh, really. Yeah. And, uh, so yeah, a lot of people don't know that, but that's true. And, uh, Sadly, uh, on March 20th, 2011, he died of complications of pneumonia and cancer at age 62. Rest in peace, Sir Oliver Humperdinck. Uh, Permanently a part of wrestling history because you were at WrestleMania. Yes. So, moving on, Chris, let's go to something more positive. Well, speaking of Hogan, uh, he gets his interview segment for uh, his match that's coming up in a few segments. But and of course it's a typical like Hogan like what is he talking about kind of thing because he's talking about like slamming Andre and it's gonna break the the faults are gonna open up and the ocean's gonna it's gonna flood and he's gonna pin these guys on the bottom of the ocean floor. Hogan deals a lot in <laughs> biblical apocalypse. Yeah, he does, <laughs> and he's the one that's causing it. Yeah, <laughs> and I will part the whole yeah. sea. And then, so since all the flooding is going on, uh, Trump is going to climb to the top of Trump Tower with holding his family close. Sure, and, he's gonna. Yeah, sure. Yeah, <laughs> I can see that's totally. That's totally. I can see that. Mm-hmm. And then he's gonna when the when the water reaches him, he's gonna have to dog paddle with his family and go across like to save them. And if he runs out of gas, and if the Hulkamaniacs run out of gas, they can all grab onto Hogan's back, and he's going to take him to safety. All right. That's, you that's just wait until the, the Warrior promos at Mania I know. 5. I know. It's going to be so fun. sick. Yeah. That's the one. I just I just like oh, yeah. saying that, because it's, yeah. it's cool. Backstroked off camera. Yeah. Just like <laughs> the Honky Tonk. And man. then he does the backstroke off, off camera. So. Yeah. Uh, I don't know anyway. where they're going off camera. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> and next match is the final match of the first round, finally. <laughs> it is Rick Rude with Bobby Heenan versus Jake the Snake Roberts with Damien. Ra- ravishing, ravishing Rick Rude. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, I have to say two things about this match. Okay. Because I don't have, a, I, I may have a lot, but I'm going to try not to have a lot to say about this match. Okay. First of all, I think this is the worst match of either two guys' career, in my opinion. I would agree with that. It's the most boring. I would agree with and that. I, I think this might be Randy Orton's favorite match of all time. <laughs> right. <laughs> And that's funny if you watch the match because at a certain point, pretty early in the match, um, Rick Rude puts a, a reverse chin lock on Jake Roberts, and that's pretty much going to be the move for the rest of the match. Pretty much. Yeah. Um, all the first round matches have a 15 minute time limit, and they and you go. Can tell. Yeah, they go to a time limit draw because it's just full of rest holes, and there's not. A lot going on. I yeah. mean, literally, a couple of body I think, slams. I think cool. we timed it once. I think when we watched it like years ago, and we timed like how long they spend in a chin lock, and it's like six minutes or oh. more, like almost like seven minutes of the actual match time, and so that's like half, right at half yeah. of the match is spent in a rest hold. Yeah, that's ridiculous. crazy. Like, if, if you can't even excuse the fact that it's like, oh, well, he's doing that to set him up for the Rude Awakening. Yeah. Because if we're talking urgency and time and storyline, yeah. you know, you're going to p- put his neck on the ropes, you're going to choke him a little yeah. bit, and do a lot of clotheslines, you know. And you so, know, anything. Yeah. I, anything. I mean, just talking, like, I 
kind of see like he doesn't want to exert himself because he might have to wrestle four times. But at the same time, if anybody has conditioning in this tournament, yeah, it's yeah. freaking rad. I'm just trying rude. to, I'm just trying to find reasons, you know, because yeah. it makes no sense for them to draw it out so long. It's like, oh. it's like Rude didn't even care. He's like going, even uh, the uh, Jesse and Gorilla are pointing it out that he's not even going for good covers. He's yeah. very. He's like kind of half covering him with one arm and laying back, and yeah. And Jesse's like at the height of his Rick Rude yeah. fanboydom, and he's, he's giving agreeing him the Jesse with... the Body Award winner, yeah. And he's even healing. Him. He's agreeing with Gorilla. He's like, I gotta agree with you. He's not even trying. Yeah. So it was really weird. I don't know what the what the deal with that was, but it was not an entertaining match. So no, not at all. Unfortunate, because those guys are great. Yeah, they're 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 the. If you're going to make a list of the top five guys that never ha- held the WWF title, yeah. they're in that top five, yeah. both of them. Yeah. So, I, so I don't not their best WrestleMania showing. No. So. no, no. But Thank it was a time limit draw, and you have to win your match in order to progress, so they're both out of the tournament. Yeah. So Jake doesn't, and this is kind of a teaser for later on, Jake does not have the best WrestleMania legacy. Yeah. He just doesn't. No. You'll see that more and more as time goes on. Thankfully, we are. Done with round First one. round is done. The next few rounds are going to be a lot easier because there's a lot of buys and stuff. Yes. So, But finally, Vanna White is on the show. They're in the back with Mean Gene, and he's got the whole the bracket up on the wall with the people that won and asking Vanna like, what she thinks. And he's like, I like this guy. Yeah. This I like Hulk. Yeah, I like Hulk. <laughs> he works out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's basically that segment. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you, w- you would think that they were just doing a joke. Like, Vanna's not really here, but they're pretending like she's there. All right. But yeah, she actually does. That that was nice that they actually she actually showed up for the thing. But yeah. So And so next match will be a kind of a, a intermission. Break. Yeah, intermission match. It's uh <laughs> Hercules versus the Ultimate Warrior. Oh. And, uh, Bobby Heenan's with Hercules. A match that Bobby Heenan cannot save. No. To was... to the point where I think Gorilla was actually watching Heenan more yeah. during the match than the yeah. actual two guys cuz wasn't that the point where he was like, why is he digging into his pockets like that? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, he's, like, he's got his hand in his pocket. What's Something's going on. He's thinking of he's, <laughs> yeah. something. The he wheels was, are turning. Yeah, he was trying to put some kind of interest into the match. Yeah. But nope, was, he was just walking around the ring and bored with his hand in his pockets. Nothing to be had. He was yeah. as bored as we were. Yeah. Um, Do I have any uh, slot money? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and yeah, Warrior ends up winning because Hercules does a German suplex on him. and With a bridge. A bridge to pin him. Sort of. But he doesn't really bridge because Hercules' shoulders are down just as much as the Warriors are. Mm-hmm. Counts to two, Warrior gets one shoulder up, Hercules still has both of his shoulders down, so Warrior gets the gets the win. Yeah. So it's, it's that old finish. That's yeah. an 80s finish, man. Yeah. That happens so many times. And for someone like the Ultimate Warrior, I mean, I guess he was still pretty new at the time, yeah, but was. that just doesn't seem like a very good victory for a guy that's supposed to be, like, all-powerful, you know? Yeah, yeah. He was still coming into... Uh, he was still getting... Trying to figure out just how powerful he could truly be in order sure. to try to take over the company yeah. via flight terrorism. Yeah. Yes, more on that at WrestleMania 6. <laughs> uh, so you can move on. Yes, please. Uh, all right. Swinging chains aside, not yes. even that could help. Yeah. So round two starts... Yeah, because after the match, he gets Hercules' chain and just starts doing like a helicopter thing with yeah. it. With the referee and, still yeah, in the ring, like, too. Oh, God. Like, yeah. really, guys? Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, he's a right. dangerous individual. Yeah, always has been. Always has be. no concept of what's going on around him. Yeah. Uh, so the round two starts with the first match, which was kind of the marquee match. The selling point of the show was the rematch from the main event of WrestleMania three: Andre the Giant versus Hulk Hogan. 
Yeah, even put them. Those are the only two faces on the video box. Yeah. So and uh, Andre's out there with Ted DiBiase and Virgil. Oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah. That was his licensed manager at the time as well. He uh, temporarily was not being managed by Heenan. Yeah. Once this whole thing uh, was over with, I think he did go back to Heenan for a little bit. But uh, yeah, it it uh, definitely a poor man sequel. I gotta say, I gotta oh, be yeah. harsh on this one. Yeah. And you you convinced me on this, Chris, because you know I like to. I like to try to give a match a chance. I'm like, well, the historical significance of this thing, and then you just you just shot me down. And rightfully, <laughs> you had every right to do it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, historically significant, I guess, because it was kind of... There was I, only I, a handful of times they ever got in the ring together. Yeah, and I can see how this is kind of passing, kind of passing the torch, really, because this was the big thing from the previous year, and now it's mid-card, and ends up happening in the match is... Um, DiBiase starts to get involved, and Hogan uses a chair on Andre, and Andre uses it on Hogan, and so they both get disqualified, which is kind of weird, because Hogan did it first. Yeah, but... Andre should have advanced. Yeah. 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 Should have. Yeah. I guess, I mean, referee's discretion, but yeah. But yeah. Well, it's because he didn't see the DiBiase chair shot. That's oh, the thing. Right. The DiBiase comes in the ring, yeah. gets Hogan in the back with the chair. But to me, the move of that whole match is the chair shot that Andre gets on Hogan. Yeah. That th- <laughs> it sounded like metal hitting metal. Yeah, like, it was, he was like ding. ding. Yeah. It was, what? Yeah. Like, all right. Yeah, I guess he's, Hogan's a robot, apparently. <laughs> yeah, cyborg. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it ends in a double disqualification. Yeah. So the match that they, you know, sold it to the people on, yeah, ends up in a double DQ. Yeah, and so see, that was my reasoning is why significant, I guess, but that hurts it because if you bought that pay per view. Like, you're a kid, like, you're 10 years old, and you, you really want to see this match, and you really want one of these guys, or you really want Hogan to win and keep going, yeah. and it ends up being kind of a short match with yeah. Double DQ. Yeah. and About eight minutes. Yeah. And I think that's kind of, it deflates it a lot. Yeah. And Hogan even did, he slammed Andre after the match, and it was like, oh, we saw that last year. Like, yeah. they didn't make a big deal about it. Yeah. The main event match was better. I've yeah. seen it. Yeah. <laughs> um... Yeah, so afterwards, Hogan is doing his pose thing. It's like it's the end of the show, because he takes forever. Yeah. Uh, even though he lost, his music's playing, and people are cheering, and yeah. like, well, all right. I think I said that there must have been, like, all throughout his entire original WWF run, it was like it's almost like they were contractually obligated to give him no less than 15 minutes yeah. camera time. <laughs> right. So he just milks the rest of yeah. his ego. <laughs> More on Hogan's ego later. Yeah. Yeah, and it's just one thing. Like, after the match, he's kind of chasing off, or he's going after DiBiase because DiBiase got involved. And right. DiBiase throws Virgil to Hogan, basically. And then Hogan gives Virgil this, like, really jerky suplex on the on the floor because Hogan's not going to, like, take anything on the floor. No. So instead of going all the way down to the ground as he does a suplex... He just dumps him. He, yeah, he just pulls him up and then just drops him backwards. So Virgil, like, kind of lands awkwardly on his feet and then falls over. So that's... Yeah. That was kind of a jerk thing to do, I think. Yeah, absolutely it was. Yeah. I, I'm right there with like you. Like, not protecting the guy. So, yeah. But they're both out of the tournament, so... Yay! <laughs> uh, and then we get to see Macho Man in his interview in the back. Putting over Hogan vicariously, kind of yeah. as he has put him over as well. Yeah. So it's basically like, well... And that's also... That was a smart move to pull on the home audience when it was happening live, too, because it, people were, like, probably just completely deflated. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, we like this guy. Right. No, no pun intended. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it was like, oh yeah, Hogan likes him. We we like him. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's good, good now. We like yeah. him now. So that's and 
gave them this was the hope they needed now to continue yeah. on watching the show. Yeah. And you'll see more of that later too, their their interactions. Yeah. Uh, next match of round two was Don Morocco, again with superstar Billy Graham, versus Ted DiBiase out there by himself this time. Yes, and this is where DiBiase gets to prove how great of a wrestler he is on his own, yeah. with no help, with pure ability, and he does it in this match. Yeah. And I, I, this is, to me, and I, I've probably given this out pretty much on every show, this is the sleeper match of the show. This is yeah, the very quality match that people don't talk about anymore. Yeah. But it's a pretty flawless match. Yeah, great a, ending too. Really yeah, how that no looks shotgun, uh, stun gun finisher. Yeah. Love yeah. that move, yeah. and people don't do it enough still. And and it did Morocco, uh, credit to him too, made it look great. And uh, I just I just really like this match. I yeah, it was really good. Yeah. yeah, it's not long or anything. It's it's just really well done. Yeah. So, big thumbs up there. Yeah. I so, remember them going back talking to Vanna after that match, hmm. and she was even like, "I still like Hulk." <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. After <laughs> that's the, what I the keep thinking about. Yeah. I keep thinking about that every time. Thinking yeah. about the tournament bracket. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, DiBiase moving on. He's got his. He's he's moving on to the finals because he has a bye. Yeah. Because of Hogan Andre. He was supposed to in the bracket. He was matched up against the winner of that match, so yeah. he gets a uh, much needed rest. So if, if Andre had truly won via disqualification, as he should have. Yeah. I think they would have just been like, they'd have gotten in the ring. You'd have paid him off. They'd have pretended to lock up, yeah. and then Andre would have walked out of the ring and taken yeah. a count out. Yeah. That's how I see Cause it. Because it would have been kind of the same deal of, like, passing the title over, except it's completely yeah. fine to do it in the ring because, yeah, he still would have won. And that would have been a great way to write Andre off of television. Yeah. Because, you know, at this point he was, you know, he wasn't in the best of health and he shouldn't have been wrestling at all. Yeah. And they could have suspended him for yeah. doing that. Yeah. That, yeah. I think that would have been actually a way better story than than what they did at Double DQ. Yeah, it because DiBiase actually causing Hogan to not only get eliminated, get disqualified, but to have Andre move, you know, yeah. onward. That, and it's yeah. like that should have been Hogan DiBiase. People would have been pissed. That'd yeah. have been way better heat. Yeah, thank I, you. I agree. Yeah, yeah. Com- that's that's what they should have done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you, Chris. Thank no, you for validating. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Demolition is up next in the back in an interview talking about uh, their upcoming tag team title match. Yes. Of course, classic Demolition promo. Oh, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And uh, I learned that uh, Bob Euchre has never eaten sushi. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why he said that. Yeah. Or he's never going to eat sushi. Or so, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. I like Bob Euchre, but sometimes he doesn't make a whole lot of sense yeah. to me. This, this was not the... Of course, he had a better year at three, I yeah. think. I mean, he did get... Uh, yeah, he had a little bit of better payoff later on in the finals, but you know, yeah, yeah, love me some demolition, and I I, I hate the fact that that theme song is not on the DVD. I don't yeah. understand. Yeah. They 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 put out the song themselves. Anyway, yeah. I digress. <laughs> Chris, get me out of here. Um, the next thing up is would have been the one man gang versus the winner of Roberts and Rude, but they are both out. So one man gang is just out there, and he gets a bye, and they're like, hey. You think he was pissed that he had to walk all the way down yeah. to the room? He's a big guy. He's like, D- you make me come out here just for nothing. I got to go back, climb those stairs again. Why can't he just sit at the top of the ramp yeah. and be like, eh. yeah. that's what I would have done. It's like with a sandwich up at the, up yeah. to, um, that the curtain just pokes yeah. his head out and be like, yeah, yeah, thumbs up. What's up? Hello. <laughs> that would have been way better. Playing the slots. Yeah. <laughs> 
but then immediately start the next match in the second, or the last match in the second round. Uh, Greg the Hammer Valentine, again with Jimmy Hart versus Macho Man, with Ms. Elizabeth, who has changed, they both actually changed attire. Yeah. So each time they come out, they're wearing something different. So yeah, it's cool. Always matching. Yeah. Battle of the Elbows. Yeah. And, and completely different forms. Yeah. But, uh, and this was a really one-sided match, too. Yeah, Valentine yeah. owned the whole match. Yeah. He, he did. And, uh, you know, Savage only got those little flurries, but then he just got yeah. stopped down again. Yeah. So they were really starting to push the whole Macho Man getting fatigued yeah. uh, early on in the tournament. And they're really playing him up as a baby face, because like, yeah. baby faces get beat up a lot, and yeah. then they win in the end, which is what happened. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So. And uh, you know, it was, it was it was a nice match, but yeah, I think it was a little too one-sided to be. Just... Yeah, it was so one-sided. Yeah. Yeah. But that I guess, in the overall perspective of the entirety of the tournament, it makes it that much more impressive if he was to win later on, because yeah. he did get beat up so much. Yes. You know, if he was to win. Yeah, if yes. he was to win. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. Like people don't even. Argue uh, I, I know. Yeah. I know. <laughs> um. Because you're so, supposed to have watched the show before. Yeah, you we're spoiling everything. This. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> we're going to spoil the end in a, a few minutes. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> why are we so concerned, especially with I four? Know. I know. <laughs> people are going yeah. to get to this like, one. They're going to be like, "I, I ain't watching this yet. again." Screw <laughs> <laughs> you. I'm just going to listen to you. Uh, that's I think, fine. Whatever. I think it would be funny if someone got mad at us for spoilers for WrestleMania four. That'd be that'd be the best. Yeah. <laughs> um. Anyway. Uh, then since the second round is over, they go back to the back, and that's where Vanna's like, I still like Hogan. Like, he's not in there anymore. Like, who do you think's gonna win? It's like, oh yeah, Macho Man, because I, yeah. I like Elizabeth. Yeah. 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 So she starts talking about Elizabeth and how much he likes her, so. Yeah. I'm sure she met Randy at some point during that week, and she'd be like, what a weird guy. Yeah. <laughs> yes. As with any outsider, probably, I, yeah. that, uh, you know, he's really nice, but he's like, oh, you know, hey, yeah. uh, <laughs> Ah, I miss you, Savage. (laughs) Next up is another intermission in between rounds, but this one is the Intercontinental title match. Honky Tonk Man with Colonel Jimmy Hart and Peggy Sue versus Brutus the Barber Beefcake. Yeah, I I, I think these are two very important figures in the early annals of the WrestleMania series. And, uh, you know, I think it was an entertaining match. Yeah, it was good. It was really good, actually. Yeah, Yeah. I still think people... uh, I think people are more... uh, uh, forgiving of the honky tonk man, you know, for being kind of all over the place. He's because he's a, such a great character. Yeah. But I think Beefcake still gets a lot of crap. Beefcake's underrated. I always liked the barber. Yeah. You know? I mean, too. as a kid, he was he was up there with like Coco and Junkyard Dog is one of my favorites. Thank you. Me too. And I think really a lot of it's because he's buddies with Hogan. Yeah. And I'm not I'm, I'm not sure. even a Hogan fan, but since he's a Hogan crony, he yeah. gets a lot of you know crap. Yeah. I think, and yeah. I, I think some of it's unjust because I think some of the stuff he did was really fun to watch and it's yeah. actually aged pretty well. Yeah, I agree. So, and uh, it, this is great because you got you got Jimmy Hart out there and you don't even need anything else but then they bring out Peggy Sue which was great cuz Peggy Sue it, it was a short run the Peggy Sue thing. Yeah. But when she was out there it was a big match. That right. was the whole thing. Yeah. She wasn't out there for a lot of the prelim matches and stuff like that, but if it was Saturday night's main event or WrestleMania, she was going to be out there. Yeah. Played wonderfully by the late great Sherry Martel, sensational yes. Sherry. So, not doing a wear there now. She's got plenty to go now. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's going to be a great run this time. Yep. And uh, she's out there. And, man, the colonel clocked Jimmy Corderas like he owed him some slot yeah, money. Referee, yeah. Wow. <laughs> that, was a, that was a great shot. And I think Jimmy even said in an interview that he, he got a little dinged yeah. by the megaphone. But, 
it was just it's a fun exciting match it's one of the few matches especially in wrestlemania history that i will give an absolute pass to despite the disqualification yeah it. i was gonna say it ended up brutus ended up winning uh by disqualification but it's still one of the best matches on the show yeah it was super fun so no complaints yeah. um the the mullet got cut which i actually yeah. was kind of sad about because I think, besides Eddie, I think Jimmy Hart actually has the best mullet in wrestling <laughs> all history right. of all time. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I'm not big on mullet culture, but <laughs> Jimmy Hart was the man. No. Still is. I agree. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Intercontinental title. Yeah, so Honky... Not change hands, though. Yeah, Honky Talk Man does get to... Even though he lost, it was by disqualification, so he kept the, kept the title. Yeah, and Jesse Ventura foreshadowed that in the uh, entrance. He says, you know, as... He goes, I gotta give Honky Talk Man credit. What he lacks in ability, he's very lucky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there yeah, I noticed a lot of like um Jesse and Gorilla, they set up a lot of stuff like early on in the night that pays off later in the night, which is yeah. of course just a testament to their professionalism, like how great they were. And, yeah. And they did it without even having to uh And they don't make it obvious like, oh well he's gonna get a DQ victory. It's just yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Unlike, uh, you know, some people, like yeah. Michael Cole, yeah. who will tell you, uh, you know, during WrestleMania 15, you know, afterwards, stay tuned, go to the Home Shopping Network, we're going to have an interview with the new champion. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay, yes. Right. I, even in a WrestleMania 4 retrospective, Chris, I can still get a shot at a Michael Cole, because you made it relevant to me. <laughs> I'm glad I can help. Yeah, I'll do what I can. <laughs> uh, then Andre is in the back with Bob Uecker, and he's talking about what went on during the match. Basically, he says that um, he got paid, basically, to take Hogan out. Yeah. Because it would have been DiBiase versus Hogan. Yes. Can't have that. Yeah. So uh, and this is the interview where you get the classic picture of of Andre with his gigantic hands around Bob Uecker's throat. Yeah. So so great. Uh, I think right then and there that absolutely makes it on principle and I'm going to hand it out now. Can I do that officially? Go for it. Promo of the night. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah, really simple. I mean Andre is not really known for his speaking. No. But Man, I think that... he called it the woo 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 title or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> yeah, which I think that was in one of the the replays or something. I don't know. Was that? I don't remember if it was there or not. Yeah. But yeah, and but his laugh is oh man, that's amazing. Yeah. So he just looked frightening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Those teeth. Yeah. He's got like a thousand teeth. <laughs> yeah. Uh, looks right. like a shark. Like, but, like yeah. a shark mouth or something. Uh, but thankfully, Bob Uecker lived to. Uh, Work another day. Yes. I think he still does Brewers baseball, too. Oh, yeah. Still in the booth. Cool. Yeah. Uh, Next matchup is the six-man tag team match. Uh, The Islanders and Bobby Heenan versus the British Bulldogs and Coco Beware. Yes. A lot lot of animals involved in this match, figuratively or literally or otherwise. Uh, Weasels and dogs and birds. Yeah. And Bobby Heenan coming down the aisle. The announcers just can't figure out as of yet, what is Heenan wearing? Yeah, well, it's like it's it's one of those. Uh, it kind of looks like one of those like dog suits, basically. basically yeah, what it is to for, yeah. when they're training attack dogs, yeah. and uh, it looks like that mixed with like a straight jacket. Almost. Yeah, like, it does it look a lot like a straight jacket because <laughs> he's not padded or anything like yeah. a dog suit would be. Yeah. So. so it looked like it may have been a little padded, but I don't know. Maybe that was just Heenan. I think that was just Heenan. Yeah. But. Uh, and of course, the, you know Jesse's like, "This is brilliant! This is so amazing!" They don't call him the brain for nothing. Yeah. And of course, it's like, well, if there's going to be any dog attacks, he might be spared a little bit. And 
So they have this match, and I'm a fan of, like, everybody involved in this match. Uh, I think it kind of suffers a little bit just based on the fact that it's it's kind of a trying to redo what they did at WrestleMania 3. You have a six-man match. They're, the sixth man is a guy who... Yeah. Yeah, who's going to get killed if he gets in there. Right. So there's, you have that thing. And then, of course, the Bulldogs element and the Matilda element, that's all in there again from last right. year. So to me, that's kind of the thing. It suffers from a little bit of lack of originality. Not that you have to be terribly original in pro wrestling. Right. But that's really the only uh, negatives I can really give the match. It's a fun match. Yeah. And, it's, uh, it's, it's all right, but it's, yeah. not, it's not great. It doesn't get cooking like the other six-man does. Right. It's just kind of... Yeah, like every time, like Coco and the Bulldogs would get something, they would just lose it. So the crowd really had a hard time with this match, I think, yeah. as well. And it, they I mean, wanted to see Heenan get yeah. beat up. And, and then when he got in, he really didn't. He didn't. Yeah. He was beating up Coco. Yeah. <laughs> and it's kind of late in the night, and the, this is a long show. Yeah. So I think people are kind of running out of gas. Yeah. So, but you know, and then it turns into it's it's almost the same finish too. Yeah. From the six man from three. Yeah. So um, basically, uh, Coco and Heenan are the legal guys. Coco's down, and the Islanders pick up uh, Heenan and like press him and like splash him onto Coco, and he's and yeah. Um. And after all that's said and done, Chris, we have our last two where are they nows of the night. And uh, you you probably know who this is. We're gonna do. I'm gonna start with Dynamite Kid, who you know me. I know that I'm a big Dynamite Kid yeah. fan. Yeah. Uh, I've read his book. I've watched a lot of his Japan stuff. I'm a big fan. Yeah. Uh, I gotta say, if you are a fan of Dynamite Kid, or at least intrigued enough by him to seek him out, I'm gonna tell you this without getting too negative. Stick with wrestling. <laughs> yeah. You don't really have to read the book. I'm going to kind of recommend you don't almost. Right. It's it's positive enough because it's an autobiography. Right. But it's still a little sad. No. His life, his post-wrestling career is, is pretty tragic. Yeah. Just, you know, for certain aspects. But, uh, you know, Dynamite afterwards, uh, he didn't work actually much longer in WWF, as you recall. Mm. He was out by the end of Survivor Series that year in 88. And uh, Bret Hart does, tells an interesting story about how he was going to get Jacques Rougeau on his last night, but actually Bret stopped that from happening. It's a really interesting story. Huh. Uh, but he went to Stampede, because, you know, he still had friends there. Went yeah. to 80, uh, In 1989, uh, he, and Davey actually did follow him. So that's, huh. a, that's a testament to Davey, because he had no ill standing in WWF, but he followed his friend and went back to Stampede. They won the tag titles, of course, naturally. Uh Something interesting I found out. Davy Boy, sometime during their run, I don't know if he saw some sort of writing on the wall, but Davy actually trademarked the British Bulldog name himself. Oh, yeah? By himself. Wow. So that's why when he went back, yeah, you think British that's Bulldog. all Vince, yeah. but it's Davy Boy. Wow. So Dynamite was pissed. He goes and uh, you know, forms a new tag team with Johnny Smith as his partner, mm. and he renames themselves the British Bruisers. Uh, they have a little bit of a run, but of course, how can you get up to the uh, to the peak that the Bulldogs did? Right. Uh, Dynamite was pretty much retired by '91. Uh, he had his last real match in 1996. Uh, currently, he uh, his, his he lives in a wheelchair with his second wife uh, somewhere in England, and that's all I really want to yeah. dive into about him. But uh, yeah. 
you know, you can you can uh, cop dynamite style for anybody who wants to. Just don't do all the other stuff he did. That's all I got to say. Oh, yeah. Stay clean, guys. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> moving on to something a little more positive, because I think this is one of the more interesting post-career stories. There is some tragedy, but there's like a silver lining a little bit, but it's just like, wow, Tama has had, even in the span of just a two-year period, Tama didn't really do much after this. Mm. He did go to, I remember this, he went to NWA WCW briefly in 1989, and he was actually on the same uh, Samoan SWAT team, mm. but he was their third man, and he was called the Samoan Savage. Uh, the peak of that was I, he pretty much wrestled with them on Halloween Havoc that year, but he pretty much dropped off after that. I didn't see him much either, and he didn't really wrestle that much either. He pretty yeah. much uh, seemed like he, uh, he's he been a pretty big family man. He's got a big family, but here's the really weird thing. Uh, his mom dies in 2008, which is very sad. And then, you know, um, he is actually, um, well, his brother is Salofa, who is Fatu, Rikishi. Yeah. And his younger brother was Eddie, who was Umaga. Right. So Umaga dies in 09, a year after his mom dies. Wow. Now, his wife, in 2008, as his mom is dying, is pregnant with twins. And as she's giving birth, her heart completely stopped while they were doing a C-section. I know this Jeez. is very graphic, but this is interesting. Uh, they revived her. And the birth happened, the kids are fine, the wife was fine, nothing else went wrong after that. Wow. But the, every doctor that's ever reviewed the case saying they have never, ever had an instance of that happening, ever. If the mom crashes, she's gone. Yeah. And they have never seen one be brought back in that circumstance with twins. That's crazy. So it's almost like whoever's in charge of these kind of things happening probably yeah. looked at Tama for a second and said, you know what? No, this isn't happening to him today. Yeah. Like, how much more tragedy does he have to go through? Right. His his little brother dies a few months after this happens. Yeah. And his mom had died a few months before that. So this amazing miracle happens, like, right in the middle of it. Just wow. what a crazy thing That's that happened crazy. to him. So Tama, there you go, man. And this was yeah. this was five years ago this happened, so it's wow. still pretty fresh. Yeah. And the twins are fine. He's fine. So good on you, Tama. You are part of a great wrestling legacy, and yeah. I wish you the best with your family in the future. That's cool. Well, that's all I gotta yeah, say so about yeah. that. And what's the deal with twins on that side of the family too? Because oh Rikishi, like the yeah. Usos, there's something in the water. Yeah, yeah. his his brother had twins. Yeah, yeah that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Huh. Ooh. All right. <laughs> anyway, um, so after that is after that is Jesse Ventura gets to do his pose. They go oh yeah, like, the pose down. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so he just had the yeah, had it's in his contract. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And then DiBiase goes to the ring because he has a buy. <laughs> has to do the walk. Yeah, has to do the walk. It's like, God. Oh. And so, DiBiase is going into the finals, and he's only wrestled, what, twice so far? Yeah. 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 So, Absolutely. Yeah. So he's looking like, because the next, whoever is the next winner, which is the only match in round three, versus the one-man gang, or Macho Man, uh, they're going, well, I guess. DiBiase wrestled Morocco, right? Yeah. Okay, Chris, sorry, it's time for one more Where Are They Now? Thank you for bringing that up. I almost oh. I almost didn't do it. Yeah. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Because, God, if I had to post that in, that would have been a nightmare. <laughs> All right. So, real quick, Chris, I'm so sorry. Nah. Don Morocco, right after, pretty much after summer 88 that year, 
Uh, he went and actually just kind of uh, a, tra- a traveling man. He went to Stampede. He went to AWA, UWF. Actually won a- an early version of the ECW title in 1992. Uh, started a-, a Hawaiian Championship Wrestling or something like okay. that in 2003. That lasted for five years. He was inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame in 2004. And uh, his last wrestling appearance, he teamed with his son, Joe Morocco, at Wrestle Reunion 2, and they fought the father-son team of Bob and Brad Armstrong. <laughs> and superstar Billy Graham, where is he now? Oh. He's still complaining and running his mouth, so he doesn't want me talking about his, <laughs> uh, his legacy. So you know what? I'm not gonna, Chris. Here's my controversy. Go look him up if you're interested. Go look him up if you're interested. Find out his... Really fun, non-bitter life. You don't sound bitter. No, no. <laughs> I'm not. I wasn't even. I'm not even enough of a fan of his to be heartbroken about yeah. it. How about that? Yeah. I'm still more mad about dynamite. Fair enough. All right, Chris. Sorry, I interrupted you. Thank you cool. for pulling that for me, though. Sure. Moving on. <laughs> uh, so the only match of round three is going to be <laughs> the one man gang versus Macho Man, and it was actually Cat Mouse. Yeah, it wasn't really that great of a match. It was. Yeah. Eh. You're going to see better Cat and Mouse with a uh, one-man gang as a different character yeah. next year at WrestleMania 5. Yeah, guaranteed. For sure. Um, so Macho Man does end up winning by DQ because one-man gang ends up getting the cane from Slick and like hits yeah. him with it. It's a potential cane shot. Yeah. 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 The, the the cane, you were saying the cane was kind of the star of the... Cane happened, was the yeah. inanimate object of the show. Yeah, yeah. there was a lot of cane action going on. I think Slick even pulled the rope down with his cane, or it helped. Uh, maybe so, because... Billy Graham had a cane too, and he was like a like he didn't hit anybody with it. But I don't know. get off my lawn. Yeah. <laughs> there was a lot of cane stuff going on. Yeah. So that's it. We now have the finals set up. It's going to be the Macho Man versus Ted DiBiase. Macho Man, who has wrestled three, three times, times already, gotten beat up a lot versus Ted DiBiase, who's wrestled twice and has actually fared pretty very handily. well. Yeah. yeah. But first, we have one more title match before the big title yes. match. Mm-hmm. My favorite titles, the tag team titles, the current champions at the time, Strike Force, Rick Martel and Tito Santana versus the great Demolition with Master Fuji. Yes. And uh I really like this match a lot. It, it's 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 almost too short from a liking. Okay. And I would have liked it if they'd have given him a little bit more time. But it was a long show. I realized the show was long. But then again, it's like, can you give the other guys a little bit of a breather? You know? yeah. I don't know. Maybe they just wanted to get to it before their adrenaline wore off. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> but it's still a very good match, and yeah. it's very it's it's a better case of cat and mouse, right? Unlike the uh, yeah. gang savage match. And this match did end up with cane action going on yes. because Fuji has a cane. He gives it to I forget which one Axe, Axe, Axe and he hits a Rick Martel with it, and that leads directly to the pin. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, a good classic tag title changing, uh, you know, in the history of the tag team titles, this is one of my favorites. Yeah. Uh, just because it actually begins the, I think, the third longest run in tag team history as far as oh. days go. Huh. So I need to I need to check out the list, but, uh, yeah, they're somewhere in there, top two or three. So the original nice. Axe and Smash and Demolition. And, uh, yeah, so I'm a fan. I'm always going to be biased. But and I like Strike Force too. Yeah. Strike Force was a really good team. Yeah. And uh, they will actually be making another appearance uh, along with Demolition in di- separate matches on right. WrestleMania 5. So that's something to look forward to. Yes. 
Alright, and so we've made it. We're at the main event. Um, but before that happens, they introduce the special celebrity guests for all... Although you've seen them throughout the night, yeah. they bring them all out to the ring. Uh, Robin Leach has the classic uh, eagle wing belt. And uh, he's showing it off, and kids are like slapping it and yeah. things. And your hands he lifts it up yeah. above his head yeah. at one point. That, yeah. that was really funny. Um, and then Bob Euchre comes out, and some drunk guy is <laughs> in the aisle waiting for him. He's like got a cigarette, and he's like wearing this yeah. vest. And he's like, "Oh, hey!" And gives him a big hug. So. Yeah, I'm <laughs> telling you, that guy was definitely like a mayor's son or something because you notice that he pops up again yeah. during the entrances. He actually tries to handsy on Vanna. Yeah. Uh, and he's still in the crowd. They didn't throw him out. You're right. Yeah. It's like, yeah, why didn't they throw him out? I'm like, dude, come on. He's probably somebody. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Want to know who he yeah, is. Yeah, he looked like he probably was somebody because he looked like he thought he belonged there, you know, yeah. like in the middle of the aisle. Yeah. But, uh, and then, of course, as so after that happens, you do see security kind of taken away. And then you see a lot of security coming out behind Bob Euchre. Oh, yeah. Because of that, but also because Vanna's because Vanna, Vanna White yeah. is about to come out. So. <laughs> yeah. Vanna White comes out. She's the uh, timekeeper, I guess. Is that what they call her? I don't know. She was the official yeah. timekeeper. And yes. Bob Buecher was the announcer, and Robin Leach was just the, the belt holder. He's the keeper of the belt. Yeah. <laughs> he had basically what Moolah's job was the year before yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and that ties in pretty well. Yeah. And so the final match of the night, Ted DiBiase with Andre the Giant at his side versus Macho Man Randy Savage. Virgil is probably legitimately selling his injury yeah. backstage or at the local hospital. Yeah, and uh, Macho Man with Miss Elizabeth at his side. Yes. So, of course, great match between these yeah. two guys. Great psychology, even right off the bat. Andre yeah. is already a factor. He Immediately, he trips uh, Macho Man like twice. Yeah, it's so, great. And then... Yeah. The and final he's, straw. He's really good at it too, because he's a huge guy, but you can't even see him doing it. Yeah, <laughs> but mm-hmm. he, yeah, <laughs> his hand's so big, he just has to kind of move it a little yeah. bit, and then it encompasses all of Savage's foot. <laughs> right. So yeah. the final straw is at one point. Uh, there's a great spot where Macho Man, like you know, knees like DiBiase in the back out of the ring, and he does that great flip out yeah. spot, and he goes. You know there's something going to happen because he goes to the, the side where Andre's on instead of the opposite side right. where Andre's on. Because he could have easily hit the axe handle yeah. from the other side. But he goes this side with Andre, and Andre, of course, blocks him from actually yeah. pulling off. He's like, jump, I dare you. Just jump. Yeah, mm-hmm. he actually mouths jump when you go back and watch yeah. it, which is great. He's like, come on, man. Yeah. Sure, I'll catch <laughs> you. I'll kill you. Then I'll eat you. <laughs> and uh, the final straw. He goes over, and it's funny because DiBiase whispers something in Andre's ear, then they yeah. cut to Savage whispering something in Elizabeth's ear. Yeah. The crowd's been chanting Hogan the whole yeah. match. Yeah. So well, the you... very first time Andre tripped uh, yeah. Macho Man, the whole crowd immediately stands yeah. up, looks to the ramp, and starts chanting Hogan. <laughs> exactly. So it was bound to happen. Elizabeth... Yeah. Uh, She's like, oh, I gotta go walk up those steps again. Yeah, because yeah, that's gonna be what this is the fourth match they've been in, so that's like her ninth time to go, go up, up or down, down those stairs. That's yeah. <laughs> how you stay in such great shape, yeah. you know. So she goes up there, of course. Within about thirty seconds, Hogan is out there, yeah. and uh, we're gonna finish this match. I like a Hogan takes a seat with a yeah, chair. Yeah, yeah, he takes some guy's chair and he takes a cop's yeah. chair. I swear he does. Yeah. They should have arrested him right then yeah. and there. Did DiBiase could have. Okay, never mind. Anyway. <laughs> and so it keeps uh, the matches going on. And like you pointed out, because Hogan ends up getting into the, into the ring with the chair yeah, later yeah. on in the match and hits DiBiase in the back with a kind of, I thought was like, that was, that was a heel thing to do. He did that out of nowhere. But, Seems like a dirty move, right? Yeah. So while the Million Dollar Dream is on, and I was like, wait a second. And this is honestly, I got to tell you, Chris, this is the first time I realized it too. Yeah. So it's really okay. 
DiBiase had already hit yeah. with the chair earlier Early in the, the night. night. Yeah. So it was it was kind of payback, which is still a jerk thing to do. <laughs> it is. But as you pointed out, Hogan's a jerk. So. Yeah. Absolutely. He's born one, and he'll always be yeah. one. Yeah. Uh, chair shots all you need, but of course, hey man, it's freaking WrestleMania. Yeah. Let's see a patented Macho Man Randy Savage elbow from the heavens with multiple flash bulbs going off. Yeah. The way it ought to be. I remember that was the opening shot. Uh, for primetime wrestling for years after oh, yeah. that. So there you go. One, two, three. Your new World Wrestling Federation champion, Macho Man Randy Savage. Yes. The fact that his first name is not Hulk helps it tremendously. Right. Wouldn't have minded if it was Ted. I right. really wouldn't have. Because think yeah. about that. Yeah. yeah. He would have been the biggest villain ever if he could have pulled that for off. For sure, yeah. And you know what? I kind of want to do that, Chris. We have a little bit of extra time here on the show. Okay. I'm taking this bracket, Chris, before we get to our match rankings, and I want you, as kind of default, after a while, you're going to have to book this yourself. We're taking all of the losers, and we're going to make them winners on this bracket. Okay, so we kick off the tournament, Chris. We got Hacksaw Jim Duggan advancing over DiBiase. We got Dino Bravo advancing over Morocco. We got Steamboat beating Valentine. We got Butch Reed beat Macho Man. <laughs> I can't even say that yeah. one <laughs> And uh, yeah, Bam Bam. Do you want to get? I'm I'm gonna ask you. Do you you want to put Bam Bam in there? So I'm gonna let you book it. Yeah. Bam Bam. Okay. Bam Bam's in. And uh, who do you like in R- R- Roberts and Rick Rude? Oh, um, let's put in Roberts. Okay. All right. So I'm just thinking about the next round. So. Yeah, <laughs> you're already going in advance. Yeah. So the second round here. What do we got? We got uh. To what I'm going to give you, I'll let you still have the Hulk Andre double elimination. Yeah. So in this world, it, yeah. Jim Duggan gets a bye. Yeah, because if Hacksaw faced either one of those guys, he'd lose. Yeah. So no question. Duggan versus Dino Bravo. That's that's fun. That's happened before. You got Steamboat versus The Natural. Butch Reed. Okay. And we've got Bam Bam Bigelow versus Jake the Snake Roberts. <laughs> so, Chris, we've got the second round of, by by having the Andre Hulk, you know, double elimination, right. which we're still going to book here, despite my awesome Andre analysis yeah. earlier. It doesn't make any sense in, in this scenario. In this world, it doesn't, because Andre killed Duggan every single time. Yeah. So, for the, for, the, for the sake of being fun, uh, we got Jim Duggan and Dino Bravo going all the way to the third round. <laughs> And right. so the rest of your second round, Chris, you got Steamboat versus Butch Reed. Who are you going with? Steamboat. Steamboat, of course. Yeah, I, I would have done the same thing. Everybody out there would have done the same yeah. thing. Uh, Bam Bam Bigelow versus Jake the Snake Roberts. Bam Bam. Bam Bam. Yep. Bam Bam's going to beat Roberts. He's going to squash Damien. Yeah, <laughs> he's going to be the original Earthquake. Yeah. Yeah, you got. And then. Uh, so you got Duggan Jim versus Duggan Robert. versus Dino Bravo. Who's going to the finals? Wow. Um, <laughs> um, this is a weird tournament. Yeah. I'm going to go with Dino Bravo. Oh, I'm wow. going to go with the upset. Okay. I think that's an upset. Is that an upset? At the time, it would have been a little bit of an upset. Yeah. But as time goes on, not so much. Yeah. Yeah. Because so yeah. he's uh, just way more disciplined, so I think he would come out with the victory. Fair enough. Uh, the manager factor. Yeah. Duggan was always yeah, yeah, susceptible yeah. to that. Uh, semifinals, Ricky Steamboat versus Bam Bam Bigelow. Steamboat in the sleeper match of the night. Okay. And in your finals, your finals here are Dino Bravo versus Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. So Steamboat is becoming his only WWF title, is yes. what you're saying? Yep. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. Yep. There you go. There's our alternate universe WrestleMania 4 bracket. I would, I would watch that show. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. 
Right. Have all all the the big guys lose in the first round and be like, oh, what the hell's going on? Yeah. <laughs> and then ends up the night with uh, really like a classic Dino Bravo steamboat match. And like, oh, it's like the changing of the guard. It's, yeah. it's cool. I would watch it. Yeah, be a lot of fun. So, Chris, we got one more thing to do before we get out of here. We've already given out best promo. Yes. We've had our alternate tournament. Yes. It's time to rank this thing. Oh, wow. Right. 16 matches on this card. Oh. So, I, I, that has to be a WrestleMania record. There's, there's, yeah. Yeah. Um, so you want to go from the bottom? Yes, always, always the bottom. All right, the match that we like the least that is has the least merit and value all these years later. Yeah. Work rate, historical yeah. significance, all out, all of them. One finish. Man, yeah, one man gang versus Bam Bam Bigelow. Yeah, ends up in a countout. It's just short. The only saving factor is the cartwheel. Yeah, and the cartwheel to the outside. And yes, I, I think and that would have been second. I think second least on the list if it hadn't been for the finish. If there'd have been a winner in that, I and, think it would have yeah, shot up. And not one. such a weird like like he didn't even get counted out. Yes, yeah. everything about this match is bad. Pretty much <laughs> right. from, from the from the, yeah. just, from the aesthetics to uh, right. yeah, just everything. It's just all ugly. All right. Uh, the fifteenth match on the on our, in our rankings: Hercules versus the Ultimate Warrior. What Which more can be said that we boring. already didn't say? Yeah, yeah. boring. Not fun. Spe- yeah. Speaking of boring, uh, another first-round tournament match, uh, Ravishing Rick Rude versus Jake Snake Roberts. Can you believe that there's a show where that is the third yeah. least best match? Yeah. So that's that's that, that's where you can argue against the merit of WrestleMania 4 <laughs> Yeah, you're into this kind of territory. That it, but... that it tarnished the WrestleMania careers of two of the greats. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> um, the next match, One Man Gang, again, versus Randy Savage. In the third round match, I believe, was the next worst. Because it was just really short. It's like they were trying to just get it over with to get to the finals. Yeah. And who's going to really believe that the gang was going to move on? So the, all the believability's yeah. out the window. Yeah. It's just but again, like I said, yeah, for Macho Man's overall story throughout the night, it makes sense because he fought this monster in one-man gang and he got, he got pretty pummeled in a lot of his matches. Yeah. So he ends up getting the victory. So it's very come from behind babyface kind of victory so it makes sense but it doesn't mean that those matches were any good yeah plus the DQ finish doesn't help exactly yeah looking at like at the tournament they're like 11 tournament matches Mm -hmm. and four of them ended up being counted out or DQ'd and one was a count out so it's like Really, it's like yeah. when they 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 pretty much copied the same formula when they did the Survivor Series Deadly Games tournament yeah man okay yeah that's all I gotta say about that anyway uh, the next matchup, the starting to get into better matches, Dino Bravo versus Don Morocco. Yeah, and, and we're yeah we are getting into the point where it's like we're we're tacking on historical significance and yeah. things such as that. So that's why it's down this low. Yeah, and see, I think that one man gang savage. Those are like the bottom. This yeah. is the next bracket. These all these next few are kind of in the middle. Yeah, these could kind of go back like here and there. You could yeah. maybe switch these around a little bit here and there. But yeah. our list is definitive, so yes. you can't do that. Um, next match would be Greg the Hammer Valentine versus Randy Savage in their round two tournament. And that's probably match. one of the lowest rankings for those kind of talents. Yeah. Just be, and it's also just because of the fact that it was so one-sided for the yeah, most part. Exactly. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's sad to see. I'm looking at my list, like, Randy Savage so low yeah. in, like, two of these. But anyway. Yeah. Um, next match would be, in our opinion, the Battle Royal, which they're always really hard to rank. But it was a fun match. Not nothing spectacular, like we said, until it got to the end. Yeah, and then exactly. it was kind of cool. 
Uh, next match, once again, Randy Savage versus Butch Reed in his first round match. Yeah, it's, it's a fine match, solid. Yeah. We we talked about it, so nothing wrong with it, but, you know, it was the beginning of better things to come. Yep. Uh, next match would be the second round match, but their first match of the night, Andre the Giant versus Hulk Hogan. And this is where historical significance will play a part in ranking, because yeah. the match is not great. No. It's it's a bad payoff, yeah. at least as far as like like what Chris explained earlier with. And so that's really all that's helping it, is the fact that it's Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant and one of the few times they ever actually did lock up. So yeah. it's it's I think that you're if you're if you're mad at us for this right now, you've got to be honest with yourself saying this is the best possible ranking you can put this match on this particular card. Yeah. And I will debate you till the end on that. Yeah, I don't really see how you could I mean, open for debate, but I don't see how you're going to win a debate against, like, trying to make this any higher than it is. Yeah. Um, next matchup would be the Islanders and Heenan versus the British Bulldogs and Coco in the six-man match, which was yeah, it was good, but it was it wasn't as good as the rest of the stuff on yeah. here. Yeah, and but in WrestleMania three, the six-man was like what the second best match of the Something night, something like that. Yeah, yeah, so it was down a little bit from last year. All right, and then Greg the Hammer Valentine versus Ricky the Dragon Steamboat in their first round match. Yes, a much better match than the one with Savage, yeah. and uh, just sad to see Ricky have to lose out in the first round. Yeah, I'm always going to be bummed about that. Yeah. And now we're getting into the top five. The fifth best match on the show was actually the first of the tournament, which was Hacksaw Jim Duggan versus Ted DiBiase. Yeah, great, surprisingly really good match. Great solid match. It would be a great main event match on television for yeah. sure. Yeah. That kind of stuff, so it, I'm totally cool with it. Yep. Uh, next matchup, the fourth best match was Don Morocco versus Ted DiBiase. Yeah. In the second round match. Like you said, the workhorse of the tournament, Ted DiBiase, yeah. even though he didn't work as much as Savage, uh, better matches. His matches were a lot better. Yeah. Yeah. Because Savage was the workhorse, DiBiase was the talent. Yeah. As far as yeah, your, yeah. Your, your, your nonstop ability right. and execution of moves. That's the other thing. Yep. That's big with me. I agree. The third best match, the Intercontinental Title match, Honky Tonk Man versus Brutus the Barber Beefcake. Yeah, absolutely. We're getting. To, this is definitely the next uh, part of the beginning part of the top bracket yeah, at yeah, this point. Yeah. Maybe even the DiBiase Duggan can uh, do that. I think so. Yeah. Morocco I think the top also. five are like yeah. all. They're really good. Yeah. So, and they're all kind of. I think. I mean. I think this ranking is pretty accurate. You can't really. I don't think you can really move these either in either direction. But. Yeah. Um, the second best match of the night was the tag team title match, Demolition versus Strike Force. Absolutely, yeah. And it's funny because uh, I think this one and the top match, which you probably know what it is by now, about the same in length, so you can't really uh, yeah. go up and down with it as far as, because I always try to go, w- w- which one's longer, I can get into it more, yeah. better build, about the same length. Yeah. So I, really you're going with historical significance, you know, what's more important historically in the annals of pro wrestling, a tag title change or a world heavyweight title change. Yeah. And the fact that it's the only tournament ever based in a WrestleMania yeah. for the world title. So, Chris, the best, The best match of the night was Ted DiBiase versus Macho Man Randy Savage in the tournament finals for the vacated WWF title. Yes. I love seeing when, uh, I love seeing when Savage puts Liz on the shoulders yeah. and she's holding the title. Yeah. Not even, and close, but not even Hogan, with all of his hot-dogging and, and ego, could ruin that moment for me. Yeah. It's still great. Yeah. And it, it's really, you watch it, and like, can't Hogan just take a walk at a point? Yeah. Like, once, just, once, like, clap for him and walk away, and, like, this is yeah, your new champ. That's this how is your you, time. That's how you pass the effing torch. Yeah. 
Because after a while you leave and you do that and you walk away and then yeah. you let them have their moment. Not once, on air at least. Right. You know, I don't know if anything happened after the show went off the air, but not once did he let them have yeah. their moment like that because he's still waving his arms around yeah. and everything. Well, and... we've already established. If if you come away from WrestleMania 4 learning nothing else, it's that Hogan is a jerk. Yeah. <laughs> Throughout the night, the entirety of the night, that's... Macho Man won the title, great. But what you come away with is Hogan is a jerk. Yeah. I would love to end on that note, Chris, but I have one final right. question and a final thought sure. for you. Chris, do you think that there is a way for them to do this again and pull it off, and would you want that? Do you want another to see tournament. another one-night tournament in WrestleMania? Do you think that there's some validity to it? I, It would have to be a huge deal. Like, I don't... I think they could. Yeah. Yeah, I mean anything's possible, right? Yeah, I would. Yeah. Would, would you do? I would personally. Would you want to see it? Maybe a shorter tournament and like to have other matches throughout the night. Maybe okay. not four. Maybe three rounds instead of four. Yeah. Um, yeah, ha- like half of what they had. Yeah. You know, because they can still have big matches. Yeah, because I mean WrestleMania is the time where I want to see so many people on that show, mm-hmm. and I like battle royals, but I also want to see marquee matches with a lot of guys. So, yeah. um, but yeah. Yeah, I would, I would, I would buy that. I would buy that show. Right. It'll be something they haven't done, and they can also say, you know, we haven't done this in damn near thirty years. Yeah, now, you know? yeah. So it's like it, there's a, there's a point where they could do it. I just, yeah, I wonder what the circumstance would have to be. Yeah, because they have two freaking titles now. Right. And maybe to <laughs> well do the ultimate like I guess, the, but they would have to just take the two guys. You know, yeah. have the. Ultimate I was gonna match. say to unify, but yeah, they would. They, they would have to be. I don't know. So that'd first, be, you have to unify the title, yeah, and then you have to make sure it's vacated. Yeah, or some weird thing <laughs> to where both titles get vacated for some reason. I yeah. But I hate vacating titles. You know, <laughs> it's a title versus title match, and there's no fall. There's like a no contest, so they yeah. will. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe they could do it. They could have maybe the four rounds like they did, but the two champs get a buy in the first first round. That's you know? something. On yeah. opposite sides. On opposite sides. So yeah. the titles are going to come in, but they're going to come in from opposite sides. So Yeah, like do a, do a final four bracket yeah. where it's on opposite ends. Yeah. Or east and west. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, if they unified it, I, I would, yeah. Yeah, let's do that. Okay. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is a brainstorming session. How, we just wrote a, an entire WrestleMania show yeah. in like five minutes. Yeah, yeah. How, how is hard why, is it? <laughs> this is why the WWE can never pull us because, you know, we 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 we're giving you some free ideas, guys. I know. I'm just saying. Use some of them. Yeah. Well, on that note, let's <laughs> say bye to Trump Plaza for tonight. We'll be back to Trump Plaza for WrestleMania Five. Yes. A better show. So yeah. we got that to look forward to. Yeah. So. I guess we'll see you on the next one, guys. Until then, Chris, how can the people out there let us know if we are totally wrong or totally right? Well, we know which ones we are. They can let us know when we're right. Yeah. At cnjradio.com. I go there to link to our Facebook, our Twitter. I tweet a lot. Uh, we both Facebook sometimes. Sure. And leave us a message anywhere you can. So. All right. Thanks a lot, guys. We'll see you on the WrestleMania House Show number five. Bye. I've ever had an option renewed. This is serious business to us. We're talking about the Intercontinental Heavyweight Championship. We're talking about cutting somebody's hair. You're going to get it, Brutus. Shake, rattle, and roll. I don't care about the backstroke up the Mississippi. Woo!
You guys ain't never coming to my house. Back to you, Gorilla and Jess. You got the Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase, a classic wrestler, well-schooled, and then you got a brawler. Axon Jim Duggan. This guy don't know a hold from nothing. Brutus the Buck, take a look at this. Brutus, this is incredible. What a package. Breaking the Dragon Steamboat against the Hammer, Valentine. I don't think the Hammer should try to match up hold for hold with Steamboat. I think he definitely should cheat. I don't know about the Million Dollar Man. I don't like anybody buying anything for anything. 